I trust that many of us know, and I know I've said this before, that our Sunday readings are on a three-year cycle, that we hear these readings every third year. And the church has very technical, sophisticated language to describe each of these three years, your A, your B, and your C. During your A, we hear from the Gospel of Matthew. During, during your B, the Gospel of Mark. And during your C, the Gospel of Luke. We're in your B right now, the Gospel of Mark. Before I say anything else, now that I'm beginning my fourth year here and I've completed three years at St. Mary's, that means I've made it through a whole three liturgical cycles. So I can finally, finally, finally start recycling my homilies. <laughs> so if you think that I've been repetitive these last three years, you ain't seen nothing yet. I've had all these readings already here, so here we go. This is a new one, though, this morning. I mentioned that your B that we're in right now, the Gospel of Mark, is what we read. However, Deacon Michael just proclaimed the Gospel of John. Why? Mark is the shortest of the four Gospels, 16 chapters. And there's not enough material in the Gospel of Mark to make it through a whole liturgical season. So we pause during these dog days of summer, right now, for the next four weeks, including today, and we listen to the entirety of one chapter from the Gospel of John. John chapter 6. So today, in these next three weeks, we're reading all of John 6. Now, why would the church do that? Why John 6? Of every chapter in all of the New Testament, why John 6? Well, we of course know, right everyone, that our teaching regarding the Eucharist, Christ being present, truly, really substantially, the scriptural evidence, the evidence we have from Jesus' own words comes to us primarily from John 6. So the church sees it as very important that we take these four weeks every third year to read through John 6 in its entirety. This morning we have the first 15 verses of John 6. It is the multiplication of loaves, the feeding of 5,000 men, not including women and children, with five loaves and two fish. The church has always seen these first 15 verses in John 6 as actually, and you may not have heard this before, an outline of the Mass. That if we were to walk back through these first 15 verses, we'll see a certain parallel between this miracle of feeding 5,000 and what we're doing right here, right now. I want to just highlight three points. The first one is this. Notice where Jesus goes to perform this miracle. Where does he go? He goes up a mountain. Everyone, what is a mountain? Well, you know what a mountain is. But in scripture, what is a mountain called a mind. Every time somebody goes on a mountain in the Bible, Old Testament and New, something is about to happen. Namely, an encounter with God. Moses, Mount Sinai, God giving Moses and the people of Israel the Ten Commandments. Peter, James, and John taken up by Jesus on a mountain, and Jesus is transfigured before them to foreshadow the resurrection. Mountains is Jesus waving his hand, saying, hey, I'm about to do something here. Namely, an encounter with the one I am with. Now, if we go back to what I said at the beginning, 
that these first 15 verses are an outline for the Mass, it's a reminder of what Mass is. That Mass, just like a mountaintop, is meant to be an encounter with the Lord. What we are doing here is meant to be an encounter between God and his people. Mass is not a performance. It is not a fellowship gathering. It is not a time to just see our neighbor. Mass is primarily meant to be an encounter with the living and real God. That's what Mass is. Now, second point. I trust many of us know that within Mass, there are two primary components of the Mass. The Liturgy of the Word, which we're in right now, and the Liturgy of the Eucharist that comes sometime later. So first, Liturgy of the Word. Jesus sat down with his disciples. Jesus sat down with his disciples. Why did he sit? Did he sit because he was tired, needed a break? No. He sat because everyone in the ancient world, sitting, was a posture of teaching. Ancient teachers would sit. And when you saw your master sit down, it meant get ready. He is now teaching. And we still have this present in the life of the church today. When popes issue important statements, they do it ex cathedra, from the chair, as a sign of their teaching authority. At the cathedral, the bishop has a special chair, the cathedra, cathedral that only he can sit in. Why? Because he is the primary teacher of the Catholic faith in the Diocese of Bismarck, teaching authority. So when Jesus sits down, he is teaching. Now, how does that connect back to the Liturgy of the Word? First off, what is it? Well, it's the first reading. It's our psalm. It's our second reading. It's the gospel. And yes, 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 it's even the homily. That the homily, everyone, takes place within the context of the liturgy of the word, which means then, what I'm doing right here, right now, is not meant to be my own private musings on what is happening in the world, or a commentary on partisan politics. That is not my job. My job is to interpret the word of God and to try to make it get accessible for you and even for me. That is what the liturgy of the word is. It's primarily the church teaching, teaching Jesus sitting down with his disciples. Last thing, the second part of the mass is said is known as the liturgy of the Eucharist. Notice what Jesus does when he multiplies these five loaves to feed 5,000 plus. He takes the loaves, he gives thanks, and he distributes them to his people. Takes, gives thanks, distributes. What is that? That is highly Eucharistic language. It is what he would do at the Last Supper, and it is what we do at every single Mass, that you and I bring forward simple bread and simple wine as a representation of our own intentions, our own needs, our own sufferings, our own dreams, our own life. We place them on the altar. We offer them to God, giving him thanks. And what does he do? He transubstantiates them into himself and then gives us himself. Taking, giving, distributing. 
John 6, 1 through 15, an outline of the Mass. Now, let me close with this. Vatican II said that the faithful, you and I, are meant to participate in the liturgy, the Mass, fully, consciously, and actively. Does that describe what we do when we come here? Does that full, conscious, active participation describe my own internal disposition when I come to Mass? If we're fully, actively, consciously giving ourselves to God, I can assure us all that this will continue to be a true encounter, a true encounter with God who is real and who is alive.